Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. everyone. Welcome back to the Better Food Stories podcast. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff. And in today's episode, I'm talking to Julia Kravitz, the entrepreneur behind Little Chalk Apothecary in New York City. Little Chalk Apothecary is the first fully vegan and gluten-free creperie in New York City, offering a creative selection of sweet and savory crepes, as well as home-baked goods, a selection of coffee and tea, vegan wine, beer, and freshly pressed juices, all plant-based. In my conversation with Julia, you'll learn how she went from a career as a fashion model to launching her own business, how Little Chuck is staying true to its mission of making healthy and cruelty-free food that's also delicious, what food trends Julia has seen catching the attention of New York City's health-conscious foodies, and we also talk a bit about Julia's personal journey and why she ultimately chose to embrace a plant-based lifestyle. You can check out photos and show notes to this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast on my website, audriagreenhoff.com. Now onto my conversation with Julia Kravitz of Little Chalk Apothecary. All right, so Julia, welcome to the Better Food Stories podcast. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Yes, I am super excited to talk to you today. Um, I have to tell you that since we connected via email, I have been low-key stalking your business on Instagram, (laughs) and I am so obsessed with the photography. It's so beautiful, and I'm itching for my next trip to New York because I really want to check you guys out in person. I'm in love with everything on Instagram, so... (laughs) Yeah, my, my place is a bit of a Instagram uh, heaven. The there is perfect. It definitely looks like it. So there's so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, but first, for anybody who is not familiar with you or your business, uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what Little Chalk Apothecary is all about. Sure. I'm Julia Kravitz. I'm the founder of Little Chalk. Uh, Little Chalk is the first fully vegan and gluten-free creperie in New York City. And uh, we focus on providing um, organic food, uh, working with local uh, farmers as much as possible, and uh, basically providing food with the most nutritional uh, quality as possible. So basically, uh, instead of using, uh, you know, fillers and binders, uh, like you find in a lot of gluten-free foods, Mm -hmm. we use uh, natural roots. And um, basically, we strive to make food as much uh, whole food and plant-based as possible. Fantastic. So you are operating currently one uh, cafe. It's located in Brooklyn. Uh, Yes. Who is your typical customer and what are some of the like more, more popular things on your menu that you're offering? So our typical customer, um, are 75% of our customers are females between uh, ages 25 and 35. Okay. Um, 
And our most popular item on the menu is the burrito crepe, which is black beans and homemade coconut bacon, avocado, um, homemade cashew cheese, and chipotle hot sauce. So that's been actually our, um, ever since I put it on the menu, it's been like that sounds amazing. Really good. So for three years. <laughs> um, one of my favorite ones is the pizza crepe. Ooh. Which is, uh, yes, yeah, so they're kind of, the entire menu is like a creative kind of, um, you know, everything's a crepe, but mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everything, so, you know, there's like a pizza crepe and it tastes kind of like pizza. There's the burrito crepe. So everybody's favorite comfort food uh, is there. So there's one that I initially wanted to call the Italian, and those are the like roasted uh, herb roasted mushrooms and spinach and um, like a basil sauce, but uh, we ended up calling it room for mushrooms. So basically, the idea was to take uh, different parts of the world and then kind of make that kind of like a worldly um, kind of menu. I love that. And like I said, I you know look, scrolling through your Instagram feed, everything looks so delicious. How are you deciding what goes on the menu? Are you taking kind of um, feedback from your customers? Is it stuff that you've just been experimenting with in the kitchen? How is that going? Well, it's really hard putting together a menu because when you have so many choices, it's kind of you know you you uh, what is it the thing that's called. Uh, when you have too many choices and you're like... Oh, you kind of get like um, per, like analysis. Is it analysis paralysis? Like something like that? Oh, you, paralysis. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of get stuck. <laughs> paralysis. There you go. So when there's so many items on the... You know, you can just do anything. It, it's your thing, right? For sure. Uh, so putting together a concise menu is so hard. So what I did was... Uh, I was like, okay, so let's do... A different world. So in the beginning, I had a Russian crepe. It was called the Russian. And it's this traditional Russian uh, beet and potato and carrot salad. And it had hummus in there. And uh, it was like one of my favorite crepes. But it didn't sell as much because I think people don't really like the idea of beets uh, for some reason. Okay. For example, my boyfriend thought that they tasted like dirt before <laughs> I made him <laughs> like good beets. Um, so I actually replaced that one with the burrito and, uh, you know, it's been so successful ever since, but, uh, you know, I decided to kind of incorporate different uh, cultures. So there's the Russian, there's the Italian, and then there's the American, which is, um, kind of like a scrambled eggs. So we have a scrambled tofu with, uh, with um, spinach, so it was kind of like, um, you know, uh, using different cultures, and for the juices and smoothies, I thought I'd make, like, a drink the rainbow kind of menu, so I was like, okay, every smoothie and juice is going to be a different color, so I named them by colors, and that's how I kind of gave myself parameters to narrow it down a little bit. So talk to me about the whole idea of Little Chalk, where did it come from initially? So initially I was, uh, my fir- this is my first restaurant uh, and first business. Before that, I was a model and I was figuring out ways to make my food more healthy because I had to stay in shape for work, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
I was studying a lot of nutrition. So, you know, having to stay in shape kind of piqued my interest in nutrition. So uh, I was reading every book I, I could find on it. I was taking online courses um, and just figuring out the best way to feed my body. And in the meantime, I was kind of wary of going out to places because I knew how much restaurant, you know, I've, I've worked in a couple of restaurants and most of the time people don't care what goes into your food as long as it tastes good, you know, so more sugar, more oil and you're good. You know, the customer's right. happy. Uh, you're making your bottom line bigger. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to make something different where you come to a restaurant and you are served something that is nutritionally dense and your body takes it, absorbs it, and does something good with it instead of just kind of empty calories. So that's kind of where the idea for a little chop came through. And uh, I was just, initially it was going to be desserts, but I really enjoyed crepes. It was going to be kind of like a dessert spot with crepes as well. And then I realized that there were no vegan creperies anywhere. And I thought that maybe I should make it a creperie with desserts in the back. <laughs> so that's how the creperie came about. So you are New York City's first vegan and gluten-free creperie, correct? Yes. We weren't gluten-free uh, completely at first. We were mostly gluten-free. And it's actually, it's interesting, when I was making the uh, crepe recipe, Mm -hmm. I, uh, it wasn't gluten-free, uh, but one of my investors, when, uh, you know, I had him, I had him taste my stuff. He was like, well, I can't taste the recipe, the, uh, crepe because I'm celiac. Oh, and I was okay. Like, oh, well, you know what? Let me just try making you a gluten-free crepe. And I tried it and it was incredible. It was so much better than my original recipe. Oh, and wow. so I updated it and uh, that's why it was a gluten-free recipe. And then most of the items on the menu were gluten-free already, but we served homemade seitan, which is like a, a wheat meat. So, um, you know, we were just kind of worried about cross-contamination. And uh, at one point, I think it was a year and a half or two years in, I was just like, let's just make the entire menu gluten-free. And uh, it, everybody loves it. It's so nice to have people come in. I'm like, oh, is there anything, like, gluten-free on the menu? And we're like, everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. And eyes light up. It's so nice. That's awesome. Well, that kind of segues into my next question. You know, plant-based eating and, you know, gluten-free are both really big right now in, in the health-conscious space. Well, I guess this is a two-part question. First of all, was there a fair amount of educating your customers to build interest when you were talking about um, being vegan and then later gluten-free? Um, was there a fair amount of educating your customers? And then I guess the second part of the question is, why do, in your opinion or experience, do you think there's been such a shift to this way of eating? Well, for our customers, uh, I have I don't have to do any education at all. I think they find us, uh, they seek out, out, you know, organic, vegan, uh, gluten-free spots, and then they come. Mm -hmm. um, but... The second part of your question, I think just having the, so the gluten-free thing, I think is a bit of a fad 
for a lot of people unless, you know, yes, you do lose weight when you stop eating uh, bread. Right. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's like a necessarily healthier choice uh, if you're not suffering from celiac disease. Right. So uh, a lot of gluten-free stuff has weird chemicals and binders that you don't want in your body. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually very weary of uh, any gluten-free food uh, that's like I, I'm not 100% sure what's in, like what it's made of, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, for plant-based eating, that's just, I mean, there's just so much research out there that, uh, you know, heart disease, uh, cancer, you know, it's just like amazing for all of those um, conditions. So I think more and more people are finding out about them because of all these documentaries and books like the China study. And um, I think they're just transitioning to a plant-based diet. Not only is it good for your health, but it's good for the environment. Um, you know, factory farming is awful for, you know, uh, animal suffering and climate change as well. So, you know, all the runoff and the methane. So there's just a whole host of uh, problems with eating uh, animal-based protein mm -hmm. that I think more and more people are starting to uh, realize and adapt. And I am so happy that that's happening. <laughs> and so, you know, you're in New York City, which is a huge um not only a foodie town, it's really um, a, t a place that's really health focused. And I think that it's kind of more at the forefront of this sort of like wellness um, kind of way of, of life. What are some of the like newer, I don't want to say trends, but because, you know, I, I, I don't love that word, but like s things that you're seeing in this healthy eating and wellness space. And what do you think maybe we're going to be seeing more of come 2019? Well, CBD is huge right now, uh, especially since it's, you know, medical marijuana is being legalized in more and more um, states. Mm -hmm. And, um, for example, we just started offering CBD to people, and I didn't really know much about CBD before I started doing my research uh, to include it on the menu. And this stuff is kind of magical. It, you know, there's... Uh, studies that show that it's good for epilepsy, like not cures epilepsy, but it uh, reduces seizures by like 90% or something. It's, it's crazy. So um, one of my managers has actually been, she got me onto uh, CBD. She uh, started taking it and in the middle of rushes, she's like, Julia, I had CBD this morning and I am not freaking out right now. <laughs> um, so I think that's a huge, uh, huge one that's coming. I'm, uh, I wonder how long it's going to last because it does seem like people just, uh, for example, it was wheatgrass a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was uh, matcha. Then it's turmeric. 
Um, and now with CBD, I feel like turmeric was the, the last one. We have golden milk, and it is great. It's great for so many things, but uh, people forget so quickly. You know, they, like, move on to the next thing. They're like, no more turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, people, let's calm down. Let's, let's have all of it. Totally. Uh, everything in moderation. Totally. So I think the, the one to watch out for is the CBD. Totally. I still love me a golden milk latte. I still like turmeric a lot. Um, how are you? I haven't tried CBD yet. I have been seeing it more. I was actually at an event this weekend here in Miami that um, there was, it was like a, a big book and author fair and it had a big farmer's market attached to it. And there was a vendor um, doing CBD oil and all kinds of different things. And um, I was surprised that that I was like, huh, you know, that's that's interesting that that's here at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. I think it's still new here in Miami, uh, but I think it's interesting. And yeah, like you said, we'll see how long it lasts. What are How are you using it on your menu? So we have this new crepe. It's a CBD crepe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all just greens. It's uh, kale, spinach, avocado, hemp seeds, cucumber, um, tahini, basil sauce, and uh, some CBD oil. Mm-hmm. So the thing about CBD is it, it doesn't get you high. Uh, a lot of people think that it'll get you high. Like I think 75% of my staff are like, oh my God, we can, can we do this at work? Yeah, I think that there's like a, like a strange, you know, reaction to like, oh, like it's something wrong. Cause it's, it's THC, I believe is the, the chemical in it that makes you high, but not the CBD portion, if I'm correct. Right? Yeah. And it's grown from a specific strain. Yes. There, there's uh, pretty much no THC. There's just a, like a very small amount of THC, but mm-hmm. uh, it definitely doesn't get you high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was really fun. It's just, you know, <laughs> CBD is supposed to relax you. <laughs> I want to talk about your branding um, because I, first of all, I love the name and I want to know how you came up with it. So let's start there. And then I have some other questions regarding branding. Okay. Well, the name, glad you like it. <laughs> it It's kind of a long story, actually. So initially it was supposed to be just chalk. Because part of the part of my big idea was to have a big chalk wall where okay. uh, local artists could come and redesign it every month, and that actually is something that happens at Little Chalk. We do have a big chalk wall, and uh, artists come in and they draw whatever they want on the wall every month, and it completely changes the dining room. It's a totally different vibe every month. It's amazing. Um, and you know it was like chocolate desserts okay and I found out that there is a brownie <laughs> company called chalk based in Brooklyn so oh. I was like all right chalk's <laughs> out the window um, <laughs> then it was uh I thought chocolate kind of like a chalk apothecary because we have uh a, an herb wall uh and we make over a hundred different tea blends uh, and we can make custom tea blends based on your ailments or whatever you like taste, um, you know, taste preferences. Um, so it was a, it was going to be a chalk apothecary and I found out that there's a chocolate apothecary and it was too close. So I was like, okay, why don't we do 
where we add little for cuteness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it became Little Chalk Apothecary. I love it. That's yeah. cool. And some of your tea blends, because I know you guys are located in New York, so anybody who might be getting Instagram envy who is not in New York, I know you guys sell some of your tea blends online. Is that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, cool. So that's a way to get a little piece of you guys without being in Brooklyn. Um, So I also want to talk about your – I'm in love with your logo, the colors, the language on your website – I love everything in your merch section. I want like everything in there. It's all super cute. So talk to me about your brand identity and what is it that you wanted to communicate with your customers and how has that affected everything from your merchandise to your logo and how you're running your social media? Mm-hmm. So our the entire aesthetic is kind of a like a colorful, fun, playful vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, the logo uh, where I got the uh, idea for the logo was um, I had a mini shoot with my best friend at the time. I, I made a little raw truffle balls, and uh, we put blue lipstick on her, and we did like this little uh, fun thing where she had uh, the chocolate ball in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And um, then I animated that and made it like a little, uh, basically it was like lips with the chocolate ball in the mouth. And uh, that was my logo until maybe uh, like four months ago where I redesigned it to take out the ball. And I got one of my friends from uh, high school who's an amazing artist to make this beautiful new logo for me it still has the idea of the blue lips and the playfulness uh except for for instead of the the chocolate ball is a banner that's a little chalk note yes i love it uh yeah and you know in my instagram i just want it to be as colorful as possible i include all these different uh like our tables are wooden and they have um cute little uh colorful strips so i make sure to include those all the time and Uh, Just make it as eclectic looking as possible. Uh, I think the more eclectic it looks, the more cohesive it looks at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. It does. Health is a very serious thing, but it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to eat boring food to be healthy. You can eat fun crepes, you know, from like a very creative menu uh you can have juices smoothies and uh you can have it taste good and look good and just have a fun experience at the same time let's switch gears a little bit I want to talk about you and your background so you mentioned that this is the first business that you started you were a model before you were uh, an entrepreneur if you think back on your childhood you know little little Julia what what did you want to be when you grow up when you grew up hmm I always told my <laughs> I wanted to be a veter- veterinarian um I also wanted to uh, train wild cats in a circus until I realized that that's not the most ethical thing to do. Yeah. Um, So I always wanted to work with animals, um, but I guess I kind of inadvertently work with animals by helping them not get eaten. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I can see how that came kind of full circle for you. 
<laughs> That's interesting. Is there anything that has surprised you about um, entrepreneurship and, and running your own business? Um, I never thought it would be, I thought it would get easier, um, with staffing and, um, you know, hiring the right staff, but actually it did get a little easier, but I found that there, it's a different approach. You know, people are people and, uh, they're all different and one approach doesn't work for everybody. So the hardest part for me is, finding the right approach with uh, managing people for every single individual. So um, I think that's something that I'm still working on and, uh, you know, trying to perfect. And what about, you know, we talked a little bit about today's food industry and how it's kind of uh, shifting. What do you think is either most exciting or most challenging about being in the food space at this moment in time? Uh, for me, it's just showing other businesses that you can be uh, as organic as possible and actually serve quality ingredients and not fail as a business. Because I think a lot of restaurants, you know, the margins in restaurants are so low and a lot of uh, restaurant owners are worried that if they're going to get the organic, organic option, they're going to, you know, that's just... Uh, lowering their mar margins even more. Uh, and I think just showing that we're quite successful, we've been around for four years and we're not going anywhere and we're serving this amazing food, people are flocking to us. So just showing people that uh, it's possible to do this kind of thing. Totally, I love that. And for anybody who hasn't been um, to your um, business yet or to your cafe what is your favorite thing on the menu and what do you think is like a must try well the burrito crepe for sure um that I already mentioned uh well I really like the acai bowls Ooh, the I one, love that. The, <laughs> my favorite one is the bright eyes and that's blueberries and cherries and uh, homemade granola. And that has, it's like a buckwheat granola. So uh, there's buckwheat and almonds and uh, uh, figs. It's incredible. It's like a perfect combination of everything. It's a little sour. It's lemon juice based. Um, so yes, definitely try the bright eyes. And a little pro tip, if you're getting a latte, uh, try a mix of our milks so we we make our own homemade uh, almond and coconut milks and we offer uh, either or but you can get them mixed and that's actually my favorite latte nice yeah. tip there straight from <laughs> julia herself that sounds good <laughs> well this has been so much fun i've loved getting to know you and um everything about your brand i think you're doing a fantastic uh, job so far so congratulations um, and before we wrap up, I wanted to switch it up a little and do some fun kind of rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? So uh, for me, every day is totally different. So it's kind of hard to choose a favorite specific day. But I do enjoy days that are, um, you know, where I can 
wake up and have some time for myself before I get to work. So time for myself could be, uh, you know, sitting down and just drinking tea or reading a book or uh, sketching or doing some yoga. And uh, if I can get that done before getting to work, uh, I think that's like my ideal favorite day. Love it. Are you guys um, open right now seven days a week? Yes. 8 a.m. to uh, 11 p.m. Busy, busy. That's that's great. Okay, number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? Uh, Haunting of the Hill House. Oh, I'm in the middle of it. What Did, did you oh like God. it? Did you finish? Tell me I everything. Binged it <laughs> in four days. It oh. was like, it was work. Um, <laughs> it is amazing. Such a good show. It's kind of like reading a book. I think I'm like five episodes in. I slowed down because my husband started watching it. Um, so I actually rewatched like the first two episodes with him. I don't know. I think I'm just going to leave him behind and keep going because I want to finish it. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Watch out for the, for the little um, Easter eggs. There's so many ghosts in the background of like nearly every scene. Stop, really? Yeah, so watch out for those. It's it's awesome. Ooh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I have more incentive to watch the other the previous episodes with him. Yeah, yeah, rewatch them for sure. For example, there's like one where a statue's head is facing the other direction and the next scene it's facing the other direction. So it's like these little weird things that are awesome. Oh my gosh, so cool. I'm so glad that you mentioned that cuz now I'm going to look out for them. Yay. <laughs> okay, number three, and this might be a difficult one because I know you are a restaurant owner and you probably are as into food as I am. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? That is a difficult one. But, okay, first thing, mangoes. All Ooh. day, every day, mangoes. Uh, I pretty much do that already. Um, then... Eggplant lasagna uh, and tofu scramble. I love mm. tofu scramble. You can mix it up and, you know, like add mushrooms to it and uh, just make it totally different every time. So I'd choose tofu scramble. Yes. I love that you said mangoes too. I'm obsessed with mangoes. Um, my parents, both my parents and my grandparents are from Cuba and so they are like huge into mango I grew up with a mango tree in our yard and so I remember when my grandparents sold our childhood home like that was what made me most sad was that we were gonna part ways with the mango tree Ugh, so sad yeah. but I love them too they're so good yeah do you like <laughs> sweet mangoes or are you the type that puts salt on them Oh, no way. Just plain old mango. Okay. I have a friend who likes them still green, and she puts salt on them, and I think it's the weirdest That is strange. Maybe I have to try. I've never tried that. I've tried it with hot sauce on them, and I'm not not that into it, but green mangoes with salt? Yeah. Some people aren't into it. But I, I like me a sweet mango, so. Oh, yeah, totally. It's kind of upsetting right now. Actually, no, persimmons are in season right now for me. So, like, mango season's out, and then persimmon season is in. So it's kind of like a good trade-off. Okay. Well, if you do come down to Miami anytime during the summer, we got some good mangoes. And they even do, like, a whole giant mango festival here in Miami. I think sometime in July. So good. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Okay, number four, what is one thing most people would never guess about you? Uh, I have an expired skydiving license. No way. Yeah, I haven't uh, gotten it renewed. Well, basically, it's like a recurrency. Mm -hmm. Um, Every six months, if you don't jump for six months, you have to, um, you know, do like a recurrency thing where you're basically tested again. But um, I haven't had time to jump for, you know, ever since I opened Little Chalk. But I um, actually got a modeling gig where I had to learn to skydive. I spent uh, two weeks on a basically skydiving zone. Like a school. (laughs) (laughs) I got my license and um, I have about uh, 50 jumps under my belt. And I'm actually itching to go back. That is crazy. So getting your license means that you can jump alone, right? It's not like tandem that you, like if you were brand new, you'd have to jump with somebody. Oh my God, that's crazy crazy yeah you should have you been skydiving before? I have never been skydiving the only reason I would do it is because of the fact that I could jump with someone um because that is the part that scares me the most like being responsible for pulling on whatever it is that's not going to kill you um I would rather have somebody who knows what they're doing who can pull it for me um but no I haven't gone yet I really, really want to. Um, it is it is on the list. I'm trying to find somebody to go with me because my husband is not into it. At all. <laughs> my, my boyfriend's not into it. I'm like, hey, you want to go skydiving with me? He's like, nope. He's like, up interest. <laughs> yeah, but oh my God, that's crazy. That is a good answer because I would not have guessed that. That's cool. <laughs> it's funny that you say you wouldn't trust somebody to, uh, you wouldn't trust yourself with your life. And it's kind of like that with skydiving for me, too, because I absolutely refuse to pack my own uh, parachute. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, other skydivers would be like, don't you want to make sure that you did it well? And I was like, exactly. (laughs) Other people do it for me. I cannot trust myself to do that. No way. Oh, my gosh. Like, you hear those crazy like freak accident stories that like the first one doesn't open or you know like oh no way I would want somebody who knows what they're doing to be able to to deal with that for me (laughs) for sure well thank you so much before we wrap up um where can people learn more about you and Little Chalk uh well they can visit littlechalk.nyc and uh follow us on instagram at Uh, little underscore chalk, C-H-O-C.